guys. Welcome back to the Squish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we have a very special episode. Today we have NFL agent Max Lepselter. Max, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? My pleasure, boys. I'm, uh, I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate it. I'm glad we're able to make this happen. I know you guys have uh, tried to get some of our guys on and figured it'd be a great start to establish a relationship and, and hop on with you. Seems awesome. So first, just to start this interview rolling, what really got you into sports growing up? Yeah, growing up, I actually am second generation in the business. My father was a agent um, when I was younger uh, for the Barber Brothers, Tiki and Rondé, and then transitioned into broadcasting representation um, shortly after Tiki retired, about 2007, 2008. And then... Uh, from there, you know, always being around it, having gone and, and been fortunate enough to have gone to Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, and uh, all, all these different experiences, I always had a aptitude, always had an interest in wanting to get in it. Um, you know, I think a lot of people always, uh, I think it is such a, it has become such a uh, commodity in terms of people wanting to get into the industry, but the reality is you got to understand there's so many different variations of it. There's so many ins and outs of it. And I think for myself, seeing that, seeing the evolution uh, of how the industry evolved, um, coming out of school, I, you know, I knew I wanted to be more on the marketing and management side and I started off with a small company and you know, one thing led to the next. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it on my own and launch max management. Um, you know, five and a half years ago at this point. So sticking with uh, when you were growing up, like were there any like players or or teams you just enjoyed rooting for and just like following sports? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was a, I grew up a North Jersey guy still a North Jersey guy. Um, so I was a Giants fan and uh, with my, you know, my father representing Tiki and that was the height of Tiki's career when he was you know, a perennial pro bowler. Um, that was my favorite player and, I had several others, but um, I, I was always a Giants fan growing up and uh, remain that to this day, regardless of who we represent. So when did you when did you actually officially know you wanted to become an agent? Obviously, your dad, Mark, had something to do with that, and you sort of learning from him. But what was like that moment where you actually decided that you wanted to follow in his footsteps? No, I said, like I said, I always, always wanted to, but I think after you know after school fi- figuring out what I wanted to do and how I was going to get into it and the different segmentations of getting into the business um I said I'll, I'll take the different path so I, I did some stuff in the sports client entertainment sector for a little bit then I worked at a smaller agency and I think the moment when I said <clears throat> I wanted to do it on my terms do it my way and do something different um was probably April of 2018, um, I was newly engaged. Uh, my niece was just recently born. I'd gone through some family stuff that, uh, fortunate enough, you know, turned out the right way. But I, I just looked at all the things around me and I said, I know this business as well as anybody. Uh, I, I have a seeing my father do it on a boutique side and in his own lane for at that point, I don't know, 15, 20 years and never go to one of the corporate agencies. I said, I want to become the, one of the best 
uh, marketing agents and, and managers in the industry and uh, decided to start the company and, and never looked back. So like what have been some of the things like you've learned uh, from your father as you kind of progress through the business? Like obviously you kind of have an advantage as a lot of the agents and their dads are not also agents. So like what kind of have you used from him? For sure. I, you know, I think a couple different things. Doing business the right way. And again, a business that is, people often do it the wrong way. And what I mean by that is actually having mutual respect amongst peers. Don't try and poach people's clients. Uh, have the proper chains of communication internally with players, with their internal teams around them. Uh, you know, for us, because we aren't contract agents, having good collaborative effort with the, uh, with the contract agents and, and being aligned and uh, often just really understanding how to properly conduct yourself in a business setting like this, while also making sure people understood that, you know what, you are the real deal. You're here to stay. Uh, you're here to make noise. And, but you're, again, you're going to do it in a very proper manner. So obviously, what was that whole process of becoming an actual agent? Sort of like obviously your dad, Mark, who, Mark, who runs Max Sports and Entertainment Group, which is fully different from yours, Max MGMT, two different things, even though both has your name Max in it. But what was that whole actual process of you becoming an agent like? Well, again, because we're I'm not a player marketing agent. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not a contract agent, SRA. I chose not to do that. I have, I have no interest in becoming a contract agent. I have a lot of respect for contract agents. I have very close relationships with them. Um, but in my personal opinion, that side of the business has continued to dwindle. Uh, I don't think NIL has helped that, that part of it at all. Percentages have gone down immensely from when Mark was a NFL uh, contract agent in the early 2000s. And I think it was upward of 5% where it's now – 3% maximum and many contract agents are taking between one and 2%. Uh, for example, if I, I read a story a week ago, you know, there was, I think 1000 registered contract agents for in 2023, but there's 1800 NFL players. Simple math will tell you, uh, along with the fact that I would say 35 of the top NFL agents, probably represent about a thousand players. So again, simple math there. there. There's just, it's very hard to break into. Now, granted, yes, I have specific skill sets, uh, relationships that would elevate me above, but unless you are a part of one of these larger contract agencies and coming in with clients on that side of the business, it is very hard to grow and very hard to make money. And I think when I came into becoming a player marketing agent and, an entertainment uh, marketing agent. Uh, social media, it was continued to evolve. It was growing. Uh, Instagram was just kind of really taking off. Uh, now, obviously, where we are with all the other platforms, uh, hence how even what you guys are able to do at this point with you know with your podcast. It's marketing has become such a different avenue than from when I was growing up in this business. And seeing the, again, really the evolution of that um, is what prompted me to want to get into this side of the business. And we're able to represent some top tier talent on that front. Uh, we've been able to since diversify into other sports. 
uh, other talent segments with content creators and so many other, uh, so many other uh, different areas of talent as a whole where, you know, as a NFL contract agent, you're very, I, I think you're very boxed in, you're very consolidated. And I have the ability to work with several contract agents and collaborate with them uh, while focusing on recruiting our own talent. But if I'm an NFL contract agent, then I'm only focused on my guys and there is no joint venture on that fund. So like, what would you say has been like your favorite part about being an agent? Um, I think the wins, man, it's the, 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 I think the wins and the rejections, I think the wins obviously give you a sense of, you know, what you're doing. I take a lot of pride in maintaining clients value, whether it's for, uh, a full 360 partnership, whether it's for an appearance, whether it's for a social media campaign, whatever that is, we take a lot of pride in maintaining value uh, and be getting a reputation for being somebody who is uh, somewhat of a stickler and in, in maintaining client value. And then the rejections, the rejections uh, show you how to troubleshoot. They show you how to improve your craft, get better. Uh, I, I think one thing, I've always learned from my father and a lot of other mentors that I've looked at in this business, uh, be a sponge, learn as much as you can. And with that, you, you'll find success. And I feel like I, I've been able to follow that blueprint. And um, I think that's what gives me a lot of joy. So obviously one of the, one, probably one of your biggest signings so far as you like yourself has happened very recently in Jair Alexander. So, well, it sort of like signing him, not only signing him, but during the season, how that sort of come about and how has that been like for you guys as of late? Great point. You know, I think I'll, we, we recruit uh, a multiple, a multitude of different ways. We obviously want to go after talent ourselves and our, and we go in uh, explaining to them that, hey, we are management and marketing and we want to handle all your off the field ventures. We want to be the nucleus. To your off the to your team, uh, we want to be the go tos for everything besides your player contracts. With that, building very close relationships with financial advisors and uh, attorneys and insurance and insurance reps, and building a network of trusted people that uh, they look to their clients and they say, "Hey, this is our go to for off the field representation." Uh, and that's what happened with Jair. I have a close relationship with his FA. And, um, you know, we, I, I know Jair was looking to do some different things. And you know, Rock Nation, who handles his contract, uh, great company. And uh, they do great field work as well. But it, it was, I think he was just like many guys do, I think, just looking for different things. Uh, and sometimes the contract agencies uh, are not always the best fit to handle the marketing. And that's a big reason why we're in business. Uh, like, how, what has it been like, you know, watching all your clients play this season? Just so it's always far. exciting. You know, it's a, it's a, it's always exciting. And, you know, guys are playing their asses off, playing their butts off and, you know, uh, performing. It makes our job easier when we want to go sell them for brand endorsements and opportunities off the field. And it's a huge help, but, I get so much joy in, on Sundays watching our guys uh, perform, make plays. It's, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's business, but at the same time, 
Uh, part of the business relationship is building a authentic relationship outside of that and being able to see, know who these guys are, the w- level of work they put into their craft and for it to reflect on Sundays, regardless of who, whoever that is, uh, is always a joy to see. So what team do you see winning the Super Bowl? If you had to make a choice right now, obviously me, Jake, the other Jake and you, I don't think our Giants are sort of in that conversation. So what team would you have to pick to win the Super Bowl this year? You know, I think this year is as, as unique as ever, and I really mean that because it, it feels pretty wide open. Uh, the two teams that I – which is, I think everybody's seeing it, but I think it, it, it could last throughout the season. It, it, all, the only contingency would be health, but it would be the Dolphins and the 49ers. If you look at both of these rosters, I mean, the 49ers have an all-pro nearly at every, in every uh, position room from running back to receiver to tackle uh, to edge rusher to middle linebacker to safety. It's, there is nearly an all-pro at every level. So if they can stay healthy, they are uh, a well-oiled machine. I think probably the best team in the league. I think the Dolphins, uh, the reality is that offense is just absolutely absurd. Uh, obviously, Devon A. Chain being hurt for four games. Raheem Oster, it's a great running back, and he's been able to carry the load before. But let's see how that offense looks without, you know, that 100, 150 yards that we've been getting used to over the last three weeks and change. Uh, but I would say those are the the two teams. And, of course, Philly. Philly's always right there. Um, obviously, what they were able to do last year and starting the season off this year, even improving in the offseason, the roster, which shows. So I, I would say those are your three teams along with, no matter how you dice it up, Mahomes and Reed together, Kansas City will always be peaking and, and will always be there uh, no matter what. So I would say those are kind of your primary ones to keep in your back pocket. Yeah, so some of the teams you just mentioned have a bunch of MVP candidates like the Dolphins, the 49ers. So who would you say your MVP pick is right now? It's very wide open also. There isn't like a clear-cut candidate right now. Uh, man, I, I mean – Tua obviously is, has got to be right there. He's just playing great football. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think every roster is built differently for Tua. He doesn't have to be Superman to win MVP. He just has to be a very, he's got to do what he's doing right now. Making plays when plays need to be made, protecting the ball, uh, and win football games. And, and he's doing just that. I see him. Um, I, I think Josh Allen after. The week one mess has, has been awesome. Um, last week, tough. The Bills have a lot of injuries, so it's going to be tough to see him. Um, the offense has to. The offense is going to have to score a crazy amount of points, I think, to keep up with some other teams with the, some of these bad blows to the defense. But I, I would think Tua, uh, as crazy as it seems, I mean Tyreek could be right in that conversation. I think he could definitely go for two thousand yards. Um, I I think that would I, I'm trying to think who else I'm missing out of some of the top tier teams, but uh, you know those those right now would be my two guys that I'm keeping my eye on. Do you think Do you think Purdy had a chance at being in that conversation? I I don't honestly. I think at the end of the day, Purdy is going to position himself where he could be a long term answer uh, for the Niners. Obviously, based on 
where he was selected and, and everything he's done up to this point, no matter what I've always said, if a guy is winning games, a guy is winning games. Um, a lot of it, we'll, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, how he produces, how he responds to that kind of uh, pressure since he was really hurt. You know, he, he was hurt majority of the game last year versus Philly. Um, and, and the reality is for Purdy, I, I think the voters do take a big part of the most valuable player uh, tag is if you remove that player from that team, how big of a difference is it? Where do they end up? And at the, at the, at the end of the day, Brock Purdy's playing awesome football. But if you remove him from the Niners and you integrate another um, you know, probably I can name 12 to 15 quarterbacks, 17 quarterbacks even that would be able to at least help that it would be in the same position Brock Purdy's in. Uh, again, he's playing great ball, but to me, Christian McCaffrey is way more valuable to the 49ers than Brock Purdy is. And it shows based on their win percentage since, uh, since Christian got there. Um, whereas I do think with, as great as Tyreek and, and Waddle and that offense is, if you remove Tua, uh, we saw it for a couple of games last year. It's not the same team. So it, it, to me, the, the most valuable player really always has to be a guy that that team truly, it, it truly alters the trajectory of their season. I think just, I think as much as I think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback, Justin Jefferson over the next four weeks, let's see how different, even with the Vikings being 0-4, let's see how – or whatever their record is, let's see how different they are now without the, I think, the best uh, offensive weapon in the NFL. So getting to a question or two of max management type questions, obviously you've been very adamant about one of your clients, at least on Instagram, as of now since he's been off the charts and no one really accepted it, and Zach Moss. Jerome Ford, another one of your clients who I don't think people really knew who he was going to the season because of Nick Chubb being the main man in Cleveland, but him taking that massive role in Cleveland. And then another player that I love that even, I didn't know that you guys represent him. He's, I think, one of the most underrated corners, Jalen Johnson from the Bears. So out those guys, who are, Jalen Johnson, I think, broke out last year, but Ford Moss breaking out this year, getting those huge roles. So like, how's that been like to watch those guys at least this year? It's awesome, man. And, and, you know, each guy we work with in different capacities. Uh, again, because of what our focus is, you know, you need guys who are going to be active. And the reality is it's also it's tough to market and manage guys that don't have too much going on uh, on the field to bring them and build their brands off the field. And, and seeing guys like when we recruit and when we get connected to players through other relationships, we're very strategic on, you know, who is this player as much as, again, we don't rep them on the field. They're on the field presence. We have to analyze. We have to be able to take a look and see who that player is because if we don't think they're going to transition uh, to become a you know, real talent at the, at the NFL level, then it's hard for us to take them on as a client. So with that said, guys like Jalen, uh, who does so much in the community, as so much uh, that he's looking to do with his brand and, you know, in so many different areas. And, you know, he's been a guy that uh, great, great player uh, continues to ascend, but uh, a lot of it, he's got to stay healthy, you know, but, but he's, he's one of those very, very talented guys, man. And Zach, I um, can't say enough you know, specific with Zach, um, somewhat of a newer client, 
Uh, we actually met Zach through another one of our clients, Isaiah Hodgins. Um, and we, we take a lot of pride in that. And I think that speaks volumes on uh, how, again, we con conduct our business, how we carry ourselves, uh, how we operate. The fact that other clients feel positive about introducing us to their friends or their teammates. And uh, with Zach, as soon as we got to know him, I said, this, this, this young man's got – I think we tried recruiting him even out of college. And but you know somehow made our way back to one another, you know, uh, working with him. But uh, impressive guy, very talented. Clearly has shown he's not a one-hit wonder. Clearly has shown uh, he is more than capable of being um, in every down back, or at least a you know one A one B option uh, after he finishes this you know, this year, which is a contract year for him and, and kind of a prove it year for him. Um, and from a off the field standpoint, just his aptitude in business and life, and uh, he's a new father. You know, we became we became new fathers about I think two weeks apart. So uh, it, it's really really cool to see, and you know, always love uh, being able to watch our guys perform at that level. And to talk about another one of your clients, obviously Trayvon, obviously just tore his ACL, so like. How's this whole recovery going, and, like, how's he doing right now? Trayvon is feeling great. Um, he has not gotten surgery yet. It's upcoming, but he's feeling strong. Uh, he is, you know, doing everything he can to keep himself keep himself right and, you know, trying to stay close to his team. Um, you know, God, God willing for him, God bless his uh, – Ryan Rubin, his NFL contract agent, is a very good buddy of mine and very close with. I got his, got his deal done before the season, and fortunately, uh, I think Trey is, uh, as much as Trey is definitely hurting not being on the field and competing and battling with his guys, uh, definitely, I definitely, I think, feels good in the back of his mind to know that at least himself and his family are, are financially secured uh, via contract. So at least in my opinion, you represent one of the most notorious big names in, I think, football history in Terrell Owens. It doesn't matter if he's active or not. It's still T.O. So has it been like representing him? Like what's that sort of haul up to on the, like, the retired scale thing? You know, he's not active. Has it like representing still a big name client that might not be playing, but still such like a big known name in the football world, at least? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, first, you know, a le he's just he's a legend, always going to be a legend. Uh, just based off what he was able to do on the football field, um, phenomenal, you know, phenomenal talent, you know, just a, such a uh, different individual who's been able to do so many great things because of his remarkable accomplish accomplishments on the field. And, and, you know, if you think about it, going back to our bread and butter and what we primarily focus on because of uh, marketing, for us, you know, I, I love the retired side. I love the legend side. It's something we, uh, we we do represent several clients in. We do focus on a lot of opportunities in that space, whether it's with sports books or uh, appearances or trading cards or memorabilia. There's you know, so many other verticals that we tap into because of, um, you know, my upbringing. And then Alec, who is my head of talent, worked at the NFL League office and worked on a lot of legends initiatives. So we just have a very, we have good relationships with a lot of retired players and being younger, you know, next generation 
uh, marketing uh, agents where, you know, a lot of the guys that I met when I was younger and I idolized, being able to show them the nuances of where this business is, you know, where to capitalize and all the different things that kind of come with that. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I met, I met Tio uh, very early in starting Max Management. Um, you know, I'm sure he probably saw some things in me that uh, he said, you know, let me, uh, let me see what this, let me see what this dude can do. And fortunately we've been able to work on some incredible projects with him over, uh, over the years. So getting into our final act of the interview, just we'll do three or four rapid fire questions to end it off. But our first being was your favorite hobby or thing to do besides obviously being an agent. Spend time with my family. I've been with my wife a very, very long time. Uh, I'm a new father, very close to my, with my father. I'm close with my brother, my sister, my mom. I, I'm a big family guy. Uh, I love spending time with my family, friends, and uh, I love smoking cigars. So a little curveball there. Uh, what would you say your favorite uh, sports movie is? <sighs> I, I got two for you because one – I have to be biased is any given Sunday because uh, it's one of the projects that helped catapult my father because uh, he was Lawrence Taylor's manager for a very long time. Uh, and it truly is one of my favorites. Uh, remarkable cast. Second, more on a, I think a comedy side would be the replacements. Just great comedy, just great content and always gives you a good laugh. What? I'm not on the two, I'm not on the very serious side when it comes to the sports movies. What are some of your favorite places you've traveled to? Obviously, you're an Asian, so I'm guessing you go to a bunch of different places just to be with your clients or also with your family. Um, Stadium-wise, so I, I'll give you this. My best friend in the world and I have gone to 15 NFL stadiums together, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe 13. Our goal is to, of course, do them all. Um, Lambeau was actually my probably my favorite uh, travel regarding work. Uh, just a really cool place to visit, especially on Monday night versus a uh, – I remember to a T, uh, I want to say it was a Monday night. In 2019, right before COVID, that season right before COVID, uh, Alan Lazard, it's when Alan Lazard erupted, had that crazy catch before halftime. But yeah, Monday Night Ball versus the Lions, really cool place to be. Um, Family, favorite place place that I've gone to, um, they probably Greece or... You know, I've done Greece, I've done Italy, and I've done Thailand are my three, and Barcelona are kind of my four out of country places that I've gotten to see from a lot of di- you know from kind of different uh, different viewpoints, but some really cool places to visit. Uh, and our final question is, what are kind of your goals going forward with both yourself and Max Management? Goals going forward: continue expanding my team, reinvesting into my team, growing my business becoming a better manager, becoming a better representative to talent, representative to brands, um, being somebody that people enjoy working with, work on my craft, and, and ultimately continue taking 
uh, this company to the next level and uh, seeing where, where it's gone after five and a half years and where I think it's going to be in five and a half years from now um, is very exciting to see. So that's pretty much all we could ask for for this interview. Thank you so, so much, Max, for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, make sure to follow and five stars on Apple. Thank you so much, Max. My, my pleasure, boys. Great stuff. Uh, re- really commend what you guys are doing. Good luck with it. And hopefully we get a chance to uh, reconnect in the not-too-distant future. Thank you so much.